One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and a warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. I'm Danielle Akuye. Our two experts on today's show here for the full hour. Joining me in the studio is Josh Barker from Macro Capital. Hi, Josh. Lovely to see you. Good to be here. And Grady Wolf from Bell Direct. Grady, lovely to see you here as as well. well. Indeed, indeed. Now, we've been having a, a bit of a natter off camera about stocks, so let's crack right on. And the first five stocks picked by you today are Life360, Redbubble, Woolworths, Viva Energy, and Temple and Webster. But first of all, stock of the day is Harvey Norman and Harvey Norman has posted a double digit slide in profits and dividends over the past fiscal year. The home goods retailer reported an annual profit before tax of 776 million, down close to 32%. This met its June guidance for pre-tax profits, excluding the impact of property revaluations to come in between $637 million and $704 million for the 12 months to the end of June. Total revenue fell more than 5% at $4.28 billion across all business segments while franchising sales reached $6.42 billion over the year. The company says its balance sheet remains strong with assets of $7.767 billion anchored by a $4 billion property portfolio and says it's on track to deliver its Malaysian expansion plan with eight new stores. The board has declared a final dividend of 12 cents a share, taking the year to 25 cents, lower than the 37 spot five cents paid a year ago. Okay, Grady. Do you like Harvey Norman? Not whether you like to shop there, yeah, but do no. you like the stock? <laughs> um, look, the results, obviously investors were expecting what the results were with the stock price up today. Um, we've seen in retail throughout this reporting season, it's been a really mixed bag. And given consumer spend is set to continue coming down over the coming months with interest rates sitting pretty high, um, Harvey Norman, the results didn't impress very much. Uh, I know investors obviously are impressed, but they didn't, they don't add up because Breville Group's come out a couple of weeks ago. That's the pick of the bunch for us um, with a buy rating on Breville. So an extra ad for you there. Yep. Um, but it's just like with Breville soaring and doing really well and capitalizing on the um, on their strength in the quality business space, Harvey Norman is operating in a similar space and their results are pretty poor. So given that, um, I'm actually going with a sell. Um, Also diving into the results quickly this morning, uh, operating expenses are up 8.1%. So with that, and the company have tried to, well, they have said that that's on the back of um, COVID restrictions easing and coming back into opening stores, but no one, none of the other retailers are really reporting this and they're all operating in the same environment. Mm -hmm. So 
Uh, cost control is a really big factor in uh, when you're analyzing a stock. So the fact that it's up 8.1% is not an impressive figure. Um, and then, yeah, dividends are a massive pick for this reporting season mm. and investors will be very unhappy to see 33% down this yeah. year. So, yeah, that's not impressive at all. So, no. Yeah. Harvey Norman's not for me. A lot of these stocks that really benefited during COVID clearly, mm-hmm. you know, have uh, now the ones on the other side of the ledger. So, 100%. yeah, that's why you're seeing, you know, revenues under pressure, dividends yeah. coming down, etc. Josh, do you have a similar view or slightly different? Yeah, I think so. I've been pretty uh, bearish on, on the retail stocks for quite some time um, and Harvey Norman's no exception to that. Um, the expectations were pretty low on the stock, so I guess that's why we're seeing a slight rise today. It did come in above those. The dividends was largely expected, um, but they did increase their overall net assets thanks to their property portfolio. So that's what they've sort of chosen to focus on, um, and I think that's helping counteract uh, a lot of the negativity around the actual numbers a little bit today. So um, happy to hold, but I'd probably be looking to work the sell side. Um, it's recovering, but um, yeah, not a name that we'd like to be in overall. Yeah, I suppose we've got lots of headwinds, don't we? Macro mm. headwinds now. Yeah, the full impact of the rate rises hasn't come through. Yeah. So, you know, a stock like this might still be in the line of yeah. fire. Very bricks comes... and mortar. So they're yeah. going to have a lot of difficulty controlling their costs as opposed to uh, an online retailer, for example. Ah, and we'll get to one of those a little bit <laughs> later on. Okay, let's move to the first stock of the day, which is Life360, ticker code 360 picked by David and David said in light of the quarterly updates could the call have a look at life 360 and a red bubble big fan well I have spoken to the CEO of life 360 a couple of times and uh, yeah it's an interesting story it is and I actually had an email from Howard Coleman um, so yeah <laughs> that this is one that we always argue about on the call and he always says you're buying into a story it's a sell it's get away from it blah 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 and he actually actually said he'll eat his words. It was a great result. Um, So yeah, Life360 is definitely a buy still for Bell Potter. Um, The price target has been increased to $10.50 from $9.25. The company is closing in on profitability, which for a tech stock, you need to see that. Mm -hmm. And uh, especially with the high growth environment, the company has really gone through a lot over the last few years. They've implemented price increases to offset increasing costs. That's been really successful for the company. Um, revenues up 45%, subscription revenues up 57%, annualized monthly revenue is up 43% to 248 million. So with those numbers in mind, when looking at a tech stock, especially in 2023 with valuations so high again this year, when understanding investors' point of view, they need to look for companies that have annual recurring revenue because as, as we saw in 2022, interest rates are rising and how do these companies weather the storm when they don't have revenue coming? Mm-hmm in on a constant basis. So annual recurring revenue, huge tick. Um, more than 54 million monthly active users are using this. And they also have the hardware and software combined service. So the hardware is putting a little tile in your kids' backpacks that don't get, I won't say it, <laughs> don't get stolen, but, um, or luggage even these days. Yeah. We know that they're, um, they're geo-bit and they're tile. Well, actually, completely unrelated, Virgin, the other day I flew Virgin and I had on my watch saying, your bag's about to come out of the carrier now. And it came out of the carousel. 
cool. Anyway, how completely cool unrelated. I digress. But new technology is amazing, and Life Three Hundred and Sixty plays into this. So a lot of people at my work use this company and to track their kids going to McDonald's, being naughty and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, love this company. It's a great company. Um, and as as Howard said, he is very much on board now as well. So thank you, Howard. Um, and yeah, so they're expecting a shift to positive cash flow expected through the remainder of CY23 and profitability is on the horizon. So a definite buy for Life360. Fair enough. And don't forget, you can tag your pets as well. So you oh, don't, exactly. yeah, with those tiles. Yeah. So that's going to save you money in there, having to pick them up from the pet. <laughs> from the pound. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, so Josh, Life360. Yeah, I think they're doing a, a lot of great things. Um, bit of a low value transactions so it's like 15 to 25 dollars a month but obviously a month means it's reoccurring so they've got that ability to um, you know consistently earn through these tough periods um, yeah just making the switch over to sort of the cash flows and, and earnings to come with that but only about five to ten mil uh, is expected in the in in the future years so um, I'd be happy to hold, um, but potentially uh, looking to work the sell side on this one as well. Main reason is, I guess, you can only have so many of these, you know, negative earnings companies or just switching over to profitability earning companies in your portfolio. Mm. Um, and it's not one that we've necessarily followed the story probably as much as, as Grady by the sounds of it. But uh, yeah, we've got other preferred names that are making that switch over already successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, Megaport is, is a great turnaround story. Um, they've pretty much successfully done it now. Um, and I think companies that are just starting to do it and just starting to plan out to do it in the, in the coming year, maybe a little bit late to the party, um, you know, about six months ago, sort of preferred zero and real estate that have, you know, really quite quickly made that that shift to, to more the profitability side of things for tech companies. Fair enough. Okay. And uh, the second stock, Red Bubble, and uh, that is also picked by David, ticker code RBL. Well, Grady, here's another one that was really a big COVID beneficiary. Yeah. And has kind of withered on the vine. Yeah. <laughs> it has. Um, this one's not one I'm too familiar with. So I've got a hold rating just in line with consensus. So Morgan's UBS and Morgan Stanley all have a hold at the moment. Um, earnings was a miss. Outlook it remains pretty. They do see growth in the future. So earnings and return to free cash flow profitability in FY23 is expected by Morgan Stanley. Um, sales are declining 5% year on year. It's not too material, but they are, as I said, expecting growth in FY24 and 25. Um, a key positive is that the company intru- implemented some price increases recently. So mm. we know that takes about three months to have impact. Um, and yeah, so it's it's an okay company at the moment. It's in the retail space, um, obviously connecting, I think it's artists with art or purchasing art from independent artists or something. Um, so 700,000 designers across the planet, um, huge, huge global um, presence network and addressable market. Um, it's not one that I would have a meaningful opinion on. So yeah, it, like the outlook looks pretty good. Um, they're still a, make, a loss making business mm. in FY23. So mm. given that um, a lot of people are shifting their portfolios into the companies that are making money, it's probably one to hold at the moment if you had it, have it. So uh, yeah, the strength is expected in FY25 so if you want to add it to your watch list that's a that's an idea but yeah it's definitely a hold at the moment 
Yeah, the numbers really don't look good on this one, Josh. <laughs> they're, they're, well, it's, I guess it's not only loss making, I guess it's the, um, the cash burn and everything else mm. that's going on here. Um, what do you have a view on Redbubble? Yeah, Bubble? well, I guess if they're unable to grow their revenues quite considerably whilst burning cash, mm. um, bit, of a, bit of a sort of red flag for us. They've also had some legal issues recently. Mm. Um, it seems like that's going to be okay, but it's never a good thing for a company. Um, you know, the, the business model is, I, th I think, putting art on T-shirts or something yeah, like that. So it, it came is, with and some cups and things like yeah, that. copyright yeah. issues yeah. and guess people looking to just, you know, paste on whatever they want, maybe from existing brands or, or whatever it may be. So I'm not going to try and guess where that subsector of the market goes and the demand for people making their own T-shirts and things like that. But um, it's had a good couple of announcements just recently to kind of bring the stock up a little bit. So I'd be happy to hold. Um, I think it's recovering, but again, not investment grade for us so i'd be mm -hmm. looking to work the sell side on this one too okay i like that not investment grade something that sometimes everybody doesn't think about yeah it's yeah. an easy out it's but, more speculative uh, basically you know, you're inferring it's, it's a bit more speculative yeah, yeah exactly yeah, fair enough yes indeed okay let's move on to the third stock and it is Woolworths ticker code WOW picked by Shane now of course this is a huge company a mm -hmm. stalwart in Australia and uh, well out of the two seems to be a quality one do you like it Grady love it love it <laughs> it's, uh, it's the pick of the bunch for the okay. supermarkets for us um, it's a buy rating because not well, many reasons here um, it's the pick over because of their recent results showing that they will First of all, Woolworths has a 36% market share in Australia's supermarket business. Coles has about a 28%, um, followed by Aldi's about 12, and then the rest are independents. So Metcash, IGA, all of those. Um, the company has been working really hard over the last few years, and they've really weathered the storm of COVID. Um, they've done a lot of good things for the community. So they did the price freeze on 250 trolley items. So that's giving back to the community. Whereas with some of the big blue chip stocks, we just see them want to make more and more and more money. So just goes to show Woolworths is about helping the community as well. Um, from an ESG investing perspective, um, I know ESG is quite a controversial topic, but because there's no restrictions and guidelines and all of this, but Woolworths is actually taking reasonable mm. and serious action on this front. So they've actually replaced it. Well, they're replacing their fleet of petrol vehicles for delivery into uh, battery vehicles. They've also got the mini Woolies program, which is one of the highlights of the company for me, um, just seeing, having worked in the community before. And it's actually a program to help anyone with a disability in Australia get into, into the workforce. Mm. So they kind of train them through a mini Woolies simulation and give them jobs in all the supermarkets. So that really is a huge highlight. Um, the company's been really aggressive on the acquisition front over the last year, $958 million in acquisitions, including um, MyDeal, so the 50% stake in MyDeal, the controlling stake, um, Healthy Life Pharmacy, Pet Culture, Milk Run, Petspiration and Cartology, among others. So they're really expanding into the e-commerce space to better compete with the likes of Catch.com and things oh, like that. It's a disaster, that Catch. Catch is a disaster. Yeah. So Woolworths is already trumping yeah. it with MyDeal.com. Yeah. Um, yeah, Catch is a big loss-making business and because everyone's sick of online spending. Mm. So I'm not sure if this will be favorable for Woolworths in the short term, but it might be in the long term. Um, but they're also going to the pets for like mm. the pet retail, which if you think about it, it's really strategic because a lot of people during COVID 
got COVID puppies. Mm. Like a lot of people had COVID babies, a lot of people got COVID puppies. And mm. so, and pet retail, the margins are insane. Mm. So it's really smart. They've got pet culture and pet inspiration. Um, they also <laughs> saved the milk run business that went under. So they added that to their delivery service, the under 10 minute delivery. That was always going to be a very tough business to crack. So milk run went under. Woolworths bought it for, I think, around 12 million and uh, has added it to their services. So again, the company is doing really, really good things. Um, from a financial point of view, they've got a really conservative debt level. And so the hardware, uh, their master's hardware business in 2016 that went under, mm. that was Woolworths. That was really um, a kind of turning point. A lot of mm. people thought that might see the end of the business or be a real detrimental for the business, but they had a 60% level of debt to equity ratio. So it's a really conservative level. And they had a 55% now in 2022. So again, it just goes to show they're really conservative. They've got good credit rating and yeah, it just goes to show the company is doing really good things. So for us, it's the pick of the bunch in the supermarkets. And, and still a buy. Still a buy. Still a buy. Okay. <laughs> we like that. Um, Josh. Um, I'd be okay to sell it. I think it's <laughs> really quite high on the chart. Um, it doesn't excite me too much. Um, I think that those acquisitions for things like Milk Run will be costly in the short term. Um, MyDeal.com, you know, a lot of this tech expansion is going to be costly for them and it's a business that's got paper thin margins at the best of times. Um, and I think only the rising costs with labor costs coming up is potentially puts a squeeze on them. Um, obviously it's very investment grade, this company. Uh, I don't think it's going anywhere, um, but yeah, just uh, doesn't get me too excited. Um, they own 9% of Endeavor still. Yeah. Um, regardless of what you think of Endeavor, how it's going, the price action is way down. So that could start to have an impact on them as well. Um, you know, you've got a stock that's not far off its all-time highs, so I'd be happy to, to, to lock it in and, and look for something a little bit more exciting. Okay. In, in that retail, in that sort of uh, consumer staples space or just like... No, I'm not a huge fan of supermarkets overall. No? Um, okay. Yeah, just rather, rather put my money elsewhere. Okay, something <laughs> a bit more racy. We'll have to find what that racy is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's move on to our fourth stock, Viva Energy, ticker code VEA, picked by hands. So... Crady, this is very different. Yeah, very different. Um, it's obviously a major player in Australia's fuel sector. Um, the company has done pretty well. Uh, it's in the space where we've got a transition out of fuel and petrol into green, clean green energy oh my gosh um so needing to stay relevant in this day and age and be part of the green mm. transition is really important um so obviously fuel we are seeing fuel con consumption at normal levels now but the outlook is pretty dim yeah. so as people move into green battery cars so the company has gone again kind of like Woolworths on an acquisition hunt strategy um, I don't know if the I think it's subject to approval but the OTR group um, acquisition the 1.5 billion dollar acquisition um, of the OTR group which is one of the biggest it was on the run retail so they're really trying to play into that on the run grab and go um, convenience food mm. retail space they also acquired Coles Express, so 700 stores under their belt now, which is really, really good. Um, so they're really trying to capitalise on the high margins because I know, I'm not sure about you, but every time I fuel up, I go to get a little snack and I pay about 
10 times more than I would at IGA or Coles or Woolies. So, but I'm hungry in the moment, so I'm going to buy it. So yeah. it's convenient. And so convenience retail is really, really important. Mm. It's really rising up the ranks. Mm. So the fact that they're acquiring OTR and Coles Express mm. is uh, really important for this company to go forward with um, to better compete in that space. What they do on the electric vehicle front, I'm not sure um, whether how they're going to transition to mm. that, um, but it is a space to watch at the moment. Like that, their results were not unexpected. The NPAT was down 51%, fuel sales was up 11%, um, but convenience mobility EBITDA was up 40%. So mm. it just goes to show that they are playing in the right space by shifting their focus to diversification of complementary services for when you fuel up. So it's mm. a buy at the moment because I see the outlook is pretty strong for what they're transitioning into and the acquisitions um, are set to start playing into their results soon. Um, but again, it's a also kind of look at to see what they're doing in the mm. fuel space over the coming years. Yeah, good point. It's really interesting about those convenience stores. Oh gosh, we yeah. have a, a little Woolies Metro near the train station and occasionally that thing going home, oh, I yeah. want to get something, almost died at the prices oh, God, yeah. compared to the other Woolies that we've got, which is yeah. also a small one around the corner, yeah. but, you know, like a seven, eight minute walk. Yeah. And it's like, wow, they're really charging. So, cheese and crackers are like $8.50. Well, this I'm going to block a cheese for that at Woolies. It's slightly bigger. I mean, it, it's it's one of those little metro stores yeah. that, you know, you can pop in and you yeah. can buy everything from, you know, your your lunch, your breakfast, to a bit of fruit, a bit of bread, a bit of cat food. My yep. God, exorbitant. <laughs> anyway, just saying they catch everybody they as catch. they come out of the train station <laughs> going, I can't be bothered to do a proper shop. Anyway, yep. I don't digress there. Um, Viva Energy. Um, yeah, I like the company. I think they're going to have really strong earnings um, over the next year or so, um, whilst they start to implement that, that transition to EV, which is something that gets me excited, although it is quite frothy at the moment. Um, but the great thing about this one is, you know, obviously we're expecting fuel prices to remain pretty high on the back of oil prices, the refining, they're charging a premium there. So they're going to continue to earn throughout that period. Um, and where they're reinvesting it is into that EV space. So they've just signed an agreement with a, um, sorry, they're, they're looking at, um, bringing up a project in Geelong, mm -hmm. um, which is basically a hydrogen uh, charging station. So there'll be a lot of hydrogen trucks uh, that are coming onto the mm. market at the moment, and there'll be a great little hub for them to recharge. So that's the exciting part. Look, something like that is costing them 43 million, I believe, mm -hmm. um, and the government uh, is giving them grants of 23 million. So, you know, by expanding into these areas, they're, they're not putting up too much, and obviously it's been a great year for them. Um, profits are up like 100%, it's probably gonna continue around those levels as well. So um, if they can successfully uh, make hay while the sun shines and look to move mm -hmm. into those uh, more exciting growth areas like hydrogen, uh, then I think they'll do quite well. So um, yeah, I'd be happy to accumulate this one too. Okay, it's got quite a good yield. I'm just having a look here on the numbers I can see it's almost 4.9% for oh, that's for the current year going out to 6% next mm, year so yeah. in this environment quite attractive I would have thought the going into hydrogen stations is easier for them to transition because remediating petrol stations is a really challenging task well that's it if you already yeah. own the petrol stations just, yeah. like they have done yeah. it's very yeah. easy to just tack on a, an additional yeah. charging bay um, you've got the infrastructure there so mm. uh, those are probably the guys that that, that make it happen. 
Fair enough. Okay, our fifth stock is Temple and Webster. Ticker code TPW, picked by Jeremy. Now, talking about online retail yes. for the home. Yeah. Uh, I certainly did a lot of damage when <laughs> we renovated on this COVID. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, this one's a really strong business. It's a hold at the moment with a price target of $6.40. Now, it is a leading online retailer for homewares and the um, more affordable homewares. It's not quite your Ikea or your cheaper end, but it's also not quite the top end uh, like Dang's Furniture or something like that. So it's in the middle. Um, it has a really, really good business model. It's drop shipping, so they have very low inventory levels and we know investors are so harsh on retailers with high inventory levels, especially at reporting season. Um, like today we saw City Chick sold out of, and yesterday, sorry, because they had high inventory mm. levels. So anyone with high inventory levels, it just goes to show that fashion is so cyclical mm. and so is house retailing mm, so indeed. if you have high inventory it's just not a good thing and it's not healthy to keep sitting on this inventory that's going to uh, end up being a bad or a bad debt or a loss really um so the company has um it's remained resilient and we know the outlook for building houses is on the way up for over the coming years because we have a housing crisis in Australia. A company like Temple and Webster would definitely benefit from this but they have near-term um, marketing reinvestments. They've increased their marketing costs and that is expected to drive long-term growth mm -hmm. but for now it's a hold rating because it is trading quite high at $6.40 um, and the earnings aren't looking as high over the coming years so you're paying a lot more for earnings. So mm -hmm. um, the long-term outlook is strong uh, but given the marketing reinvestment at the moment and the increase in marketing spend it's just a hold at this at these levels fair enough and uh josh do you like temple and webster yeah it's a, it's a very strong company you saw the performance it's put on over the last five years um you know if you're looking a little bit more short term as to you know where the price has been in the last year or so it's a little bit of a victim of its own success being so high during yeah. during the COVID period um it is still quite expensive at these levels. So I think a PE of around 100. So you know, everyone likes the story. Everyone wants to get involved. Um, it is recovering quite well. They're expanding into a lot of B2B. Um, so doing direct uh, with businesses in the home improvement and trade side of things. Mm -hmm. So I think the ability to control some of their costs as opposed to a Harvey Norman, Harvey Norman which we spoke about earlier. Um, yeah, I'd be happy to hold this one. Um, it's one that, you know, if you're holding on to for five, 10 years, it's gonna do you extremely well. Um, and it's just, uh, yeah, a little bit of uh, one that's, yeah, performed too well a couple of years ago. So um, <laughs> it's, it, it's gonna have to uh, overcome that high PE for, for quite some time. They pulled through a lot of earnings and you've got to kind of, yeah, yeah everyone's sort of spent enough on their homes. They're, mm -hmm. they're busy YOLOing around the travel They're yeah, also right. really exciting the AI space because they've just invested in a company, uh, I think it's a Brisbane based company to implement this AI generated interior design. So Ooh, I'm cool. pretty sure from what I understand, you take a photo of your house and it puts Temple and Webster products in there. It's like this immersive system and it's wow. unreal. Um, so that's really gonna pay off in dividends long-term because they don't have the physical store presence, they're an online retailer. Mm. So that's really gonna close the gap of being able to physically see what their products are like in your house. Mm. Um, and it definitely sets them apart from all the other online retailers. So yeah, that's a really exciting element that's coming mm. on board with the AI space. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. a really, really good point you make there. Okay, let's sum up the stock of the day, which of course was 
uh, Harvey Norman. So really not a lot of love uh, from either of our guests on this one. Really a sell from Grady. Poor results, operating expenses starting to move up, looking to do some cost control. Breville would be the pick of the bunch if you're looking to move more into that sector. Josh also is pretty bearish on retail stocks. Expectations were low, but nevertheless, the results also weren't great. Uh, Ness Assets, the company very much leaning on that property portfolio. So uh, he has a hold to sell on that stock. Now, Hmm. let's move on and summarise the first five stocks. Life 360, well, quite a contrast between the two guests. So a Grady, great result from Life 360, really likes the stock, a buy. The price target has been moved up from 925 to 10.50. And uh, basically what's so appealing is that it's generating ongoing regular revenue streams. And that is really, really important in this type of environment. It's also moving to cash flow positive and earnings positive, 54 million active users. Josh, on the other hand, feels that it's probably more a hold to a sell. It still is transitioning towards a profitable company. And the fact that even though it does have those uh, ongoing revenue streams, regular revenue streams, it's typically a low clip per, per, per user at about $15 to $20 per month. Turning to Redbubble, and both of our guests really uh, a hold at best on this one. Um, Grady, not totally across as in, you know, this is one that she would be looking to invest in. Is a retail company, an online retailer, it's okay. And Josh makes the point in terms of some of the legal issues that they have had, although they are being resolved, it's not a net positive for the stock and it's not investment grade. Moving on to Woolworths, which is investment grade. However, two very different takes on the stock. So Grady loves this, has a buy on it. It's very much a pick in the staple sector. Grady highlights the fact that they have made a number of potentially strategic acquisitions on the online space, as well as moving into the pet sector, and uh, thinks it's very conservatively managed with a strong balance sheet. Josh, however, feels that the company is expensive at the moment and uh, the acquisitions which have been costly may not reap rewards in the short term. So he feels rising costs could potentially be a squeeze going forward. So a sell on Woolworths. Going to Viva Energy and uh, it looks like we have a buy from Grady on this one. And uh, again, some movement acquisitions to the OTR space on the run when you go to, uh, they've been buying on the run and Coles Express. So that need to pop in, go and buy something when you're stopping off at the station. Transition towards electric vehicles, which is a positive. So a buy there. And Josh also really likes the company, strong earnings, transition, looking towards implementing things such as hydrogen stations down in Geelong, where you actually get government subsidies. Just remind me, Josh, did you have a hold on that or a buy? Uh, buy. A buy. So we have a double buy. Woohoo. 
a double buy in the first five stocks. Excellent. And then moving to Temple and Webster again, very successful homewares online retailer, almost a victim of its own success. So Grady has a hold on it, a price target of $6.40. And uh, look, it's a great platform, but at the moment, just a few too many headwinds. The inventory's under control. They're investing in AI in terms of being able to do an interior design in your own home with their products, which will be a kicker down the track and a hold also for Josh on that one. A strong company, victim of its own expense, expanding into B, uh, business to business, but just really um, at this point in time, probably done a bit too well and it's a bit expensive. So the call is tracking our own high conviction fund, which is picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of the committee meeting is live for you to watch at osbiz.com. So let's check in with the portfolio update. Going into August, index was replaced by AUB and the committee spent on cash. 1% went to each of Seek, Altium and Prometicus. And let's see how the portfolio is performing. So far, our fund is 9.59% on a cumulative return basis since inception on March 1st, 2020. So keep sending in your requests and keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. Which takes us on to our second five stocks of the call today. And we have EBOS, Linus Rare Earths, Regal Partners, Horizon and Coronado Global. Let's change this around. EBOS, Josh, mm. oh, I should say, one second, I need to introduce that before I jump in. Our sixth stock is EBOS, picked by Johnson. So let's try that again. <laughs> Do you like EBOS, Josh? Yeah, I think it's a, a really strong company. It's been very consistent in its its uh, revenue and, and earnings uh, growth over the last 10 years. So, for example, um, they've, they've grown uh, their, reven- uh, their earnings sorry, uh, by about 15% per annum, uh, almost like clockwork, uh, and the dividends 11% in that same period as well. Um, this year is no exception. Um, earnings are actually a little bit higher. Um, maybe it's sort of those COVID pets uh, that's, that's <laughs> been helping them out because they have basically a lot of uh, vets um, mm. as well as the, the chemist side of things with Terry White. They did have a negative update um, in terms of their agreement with yeah. Chemist Warehouse Australia. So that was quite impactful to the business. Uh, the share price was dealt with pretty harshly there. Um, yeah, they generate approximately $1.9 billion in revenue from that deal. Um, so a lot of uncertainty around that. But uh, yeah, I guess it's not something that's um, entirely um, negative. It can easily be replaced and, you know, the business segments can... can um, counteract that that loss but um, yeah I think it's it's its ability to sort of consistently grow those those two areas and uh, I think they're two areas that are not going anywhere um, you know pet bills uh, are vet bills are going to keep rising, um, you know, more, more pets, um, also the chemist um, purchasing, you can buy pretty much anything at the chemist these days. Um, and uh, yeah, I think those those two will be very stable parts of, of, of the landscape moving forward. Um, you know, these sort of companies that have been around for that long period mm. and, and really just shown really consistent growth in um, earnings uh, and revenues are really important. Um, you know, there's a lot of sort of craziness that's happened in the market over the last couple couple of years, companies going from no rev to, you know, a thousand percent up and then 
50% down, you know, these are the types of positions you want in your portfolio. Right. Um, you know, I covered a company not too long ago um, on the call, Duratech, which had a very similar sort mm. of profile over mm. the last 10 years, just grew revenues mm. by 20% year on year on year on year. Um, and it's just the share price is, is not taken a breather and just continued continued to grind higher. So um, yeah, I think uh, this one's fine for a hold. Uh, wouldn't look to sell it when it gets higher, um, but just would be wary around that sort of- uh, The chemist, loss, yeah, yeah, the, the loss of that contract. Yeah. Fair enough. Grady. I'm actually gonna sell on this one. Um, we feel, of, I looked into Citi's research and a lot of the different brokers research, and they're kind of all saying the same thing, that they, they feel that the price at the moment doesn't reflect the near-term risks of the chemist warehouse contract. Um, as well as cost inflation is going to hurt the company. And also the introduction of the 60-day dispensing, which is coming out mm. actually tomorrow, uh, 1st of September, where it's a new initiative that people suffering in Australia with long-term uh, health conditions that have a consistent treatment plan will get dispensed 60 days mm. worth of medication as opposed to 30. So that's going to affect over-the-counter sales, um, retail sales within chemists. As Josh just said, uh, you can pretty much buy anything in a chemist. And I know I'm a sucker for buying some mints or some gum or some lollies or something at the chemist. So um, definitely going to hurt their margins there. So this 60-day uh, revenue, it was 60-day dispensing is going to definitely have some impact. Um, the animal care that is, as Josh said, they're, they're growing really well. They've got really consistent growth, um, but also we're expecting growth to start slowing on the, especially on the um, the healthcare side because of this tailwind, the tailwinds post COVID-19 of antiviral or antibiotic products that have really helped a lot of people. Mm. We're seeing that across the board, across all um, pharmacy companies that people aren't seeing a need for these anymore because COVID is definitely a thing of the past. So it's um, the healthcare side is set to start having the tailwinds turned or ease off. So we're expecting the deceleration in growth um, from COVID antiviral products. So yeah, it's a sell at the moment because it is at a high valuation um, and the unwinding of the chemist warehouse contract is definitely going to play some part. Mm, good points there. Okay, two very different views, and that's why the call is always so interesting. <laughs> Let's move on to our seventh stock, which is Linus Rare Earths, ticker code LYC, picked by Susan. So, Josh, mm. this one, uh, gee, they've had, uh, again, some issues with their plant, Malaysia, yeah. etc. Yeah, uh, I mean, at least they're, they're, you know, getting revenues and earnings yeah. in the door, which is yeah. more than I can say about a lot of very large companies <laughs> on the ASX. Um, CHN springs to mind in the last couple of days for that company. Um, there's, there's a lot of high valuations uh, if you took, you know, all of these companies and mm. you combined them up. Um, so, look, I think the Rare Earths, they're in a good position, but I think Rare Earths has been something that's struggling. There's been companies that have had to stockpile because it's, you know, not worth it for them to sell. Um, so this one, yeah, declining revenues, declining earnings and profits on the previous year. They've also revised their costs up on their projects. Um, so yeah, whilst it is, I guess, you know, in a unique position being the only scale producer um, of rare earths outside China, um, yeah, definitely struggling to uh, go higher for this one. So I'd have this one as a sell. Um, there's so much in this space. Um, they're not all gonna be winners. Uh, there's there's gonna be a lot of losers over the next few years. Um, so yeah, no need to take on the risk with this one. Okay. 
rating. Complete opposite. <laughs> it's a day um, of opposites, it's isn't it? Definitely <laughs> rating for us. So um, Josh made some very good points there about uh, the headwinds in the NDPR or the rare earth space at the moment. Um, weakness in the NDPR space and pricing for the commodity has um, been quite harsh over the last mm. few months, but it is set to turn around because NDPR is actually a key element in EV um, vehicles, but not in the batteries, it's actually in the motors. And obviously all EV vehicles mm. need a motor. So mm. um, we're expecting the outlook for NDPR to go um, higher and the outlook is strong over the coming years. So that should set to see a strong turnaround and rebound in the price of NDPR. Um, it's actually come at a really good time for such a thing to happen mm. where um, Linus is actually navigating those transition from Malaysia to uh, Kalgoorlie, the Mount Weld project and facilities. Um, obviously, they had the headwinds and massive uh, issues in a couple of months ago with Malaysia saying they're going to terminate their contract because of cracking and leaching. Um, that's been extended till January 1, and that gives them a really good buffer zone to transition everything out of Malaysia and into Kalgoorlie. They're still going to fight um, to keep some operations in uh, Malaysia, mm -hmm. but um, with the buffer and with the safety net really of having Kalgoorlie operations up and running, that really helps. Um, Josh did mention that costs did rise in Kalgoorlie, which is true, but at the same time, they've also increased production capacity there to nine. Mm -hmm thousand tons per annum as opposed to seven which was the previous guidance uh, so that's obviously with higher costs and higher uh, because it's kind of offset by higher annual output which mm. is great um, it is a key supplier of where rare mm. earths to the western worlds and western economies and as josh said the company is making money so while they're making money it's a very good um it's a good look mm -hmm. and uh, despite guidance being light in uh, the year ahead we expect the long-term value to remain with linus so yeah it's buy rating at this level Oh, excellent. Okay, our eighth stock is Regal Partners, ticker code RPL picked by Trent. Well, we do know fund managers generally have mm. been out of favour, mm. but Phil King has been uh, out and about making some acquisitions and I think a couple of their funds, they've been performing well. Do you like Regal? Um, look, they've been getting net inflows, um, which is, I guess, the main thing that you're looking at for, for a fund manager. They are diverse in their asset offering as well, um, which I like. I, I know as a, as a wealth manager, we're diversifying our, our asset exposure. You know, bonds are starting to become attractive, credit, mm. for example. However, an area that they are quite large in is, is the private markets, um, and they have shown net outflows there um, and, and some, some losses there too. Um, the share price for this one has been consistently declining, mm, so um, I, wow. I wouldn't look to buy it just purely on that basis. Um, obviously, as a you know stock selector, um, you sort of air away from fund managers because you know you're after your own investments and, and assets and if you you know viewers of this show I'm sure they like to pick their own stocks um, so yeah maybe just you know sort of back your own investment thesis and uh, yeah let these guys sort of let the share price um, talk for itself um, but yeah I guess nothing nothing jumps out as, as, as too negative so I just have it as a hold for the time being right Okay, a hole. Do you, and so there's nothing in that sort of investment management space you'd look towards? Not at the moment, no. It's been a tough market. Very and tough. I guess with those tough markets, it's uh, you know almost like a, a dry freeze for fund managers. So um, yeah, nothing in that space. Maybe Magellan is starting to turn okay. around potentially, but uh, a little bit too early for us anyway. Absolutely. Grady, again, Bells loves this company. Uh, buy rating with a price target of $3.35. Now, as 
Josh correctly said in the, at the moment, there's a lot of um, things to, or the, over the past few months, there's been a lot mm. to not love about this industry and a lot, not a lot to love about fund managers. But um, growing fund is a very, very key point. And the fact that they are growing fund in a time where it's a rare thing to see fund mm. going up or funds mm. under management going up is a great thing. And that's going to lead to higher um, normalised profit and um, also lower costs as well. So they've had, I think, staff rebates are being reduced. Mm-hmm. So that's going to definitely help on the cost front. Um, that's what you want to see. But yeah, farm is now at a high watermark of so 25% higher. And mm. so it's that's exactly what you want to see. Costs are 10% lower. So yeah, for any company, understanding costs lower, profits or margins higher, it's exactly what you want to see. So um, the bells definitely favour RPL over its peers for future fund performance and inflows, which is going mm. up. It's a strong um, driver of outlook. So uh, yeah, definitely see that the valuation is $3.35 per share. That's just previously been reduced recently from $3.68 just to- 3.35 is it? 3.35, yes, per share. Fair enough. It's probably a case if they are getting fun coming through the door that they've been tarnished with, you know, the whole sector is really out of favour. Exactly, it's like a REIT stock. If you're any REIT stock at the moment, it's just sell. Except Goodman Group. Well, exactly, (laughs) because people are starting to realise that REIT retail is different to office retail, is different to industrial retail, so, but I think- Data centers. Yeah, data, data centers, centers and warehouses are so good right now. So, but we digress. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, a ninth stock is Horizon. Uh, ticker code AZJ, picked by Aldo. Do you like Horizon, Josh? Um, yeah, it's okay. Um, I think I'd have this one as a hold. Look, it's been in a downtrend and, and stuck on those lows for quite some time. Um, they've tried to expand, and, and I guess in doing so, um, they, they, they look to pick up the One Rail Australia, but unfortunately, that meant they have to offload another asset to, I guess, not have too much control over the, the entire yes. market. Mm. Um, it was one that was, I guess, you know, somewhat picked by a lot to, to really be a beneficiary of sort of the coal output and mm. everything like that. But unfortunately, it hasn't played out. Um, so I think this one is a hold. It's, it's sort of got uh, inflation protected earnings, which is, you know, okay. It is a relatively high yield. Um, if you're after just purely a yield play that's, um, you know, fairly fairly cheap and, and fairly low on the mark on, on the on the on the um, chart, you know, it's forward and, and, and trailing PE is still well below its five-year average. So yeah, relatively cheap. Um, but yeah, just going to probably just pay you the dividends that it's likely to pay out in the future. Fair enough. Grady. And sell hold as well. Um, as Josh correctly pointed out, it was set to capitalise on the coal um, the coal drive of yep. 2021 really, oh, 2022 as well. But uh, again, at the moment, they're really not capitalising on that uh, because of the coal price coming down and the less reliance on coal as we transition into this clean green energy movement. Um, also weather impacted a lot of mm. their results as well. So um, weather impact is big for any ag stock or any stock having to cart things across the country. Mm. Um, and that definitely had it played an impact for the company over FY23. Um, they've also their free cash flow was quite soft at 297 million so I think investors and brokers alike were expecting more um, and capex has gone up as well um, the dividend missed uh, expectations so I think brokers were expecting 16 cents per share 15 cents per share was announced mm. uh, and note that two years ago it was actually 29 cents per share wow. so 
um, it has calmed down. It, ha it has fallen uh, victim to the recent conditions, especially in the coal space. Um, the outlook isn't too bad though, because we're expecting the cyclical change over the coming years and the company to capitalize obviously on its assets. So uh, moving forward, the outlook isn't too bad, but yeah, we're not expecting any big things over the next uh, financial year. So a hold at this rate. Okay, a hold. And the last stock is Coronado Global Resources, ticker code CRN picked by Akira. So speaking of coal, mm. <laughs> Josh. Um, sorry to be so bearish today, but uh, right. That's yeah, okay. I guess um, not a huge fan of Coronado. Look, it has it has done really well in delivering shareholder return through dividends. Mm -hmm. um, so since listing on the market, it's been a powerhouse. It's paid out 1.5 billion in wow. dividends. Um, that's just since 2018. So look, I, I think the expected yield uh, is going to be around that sort of 12 to 13 percent mark. Um, grossed up, you're looking at an 18% yield. Um, however, I guess that can't be your entire investment thesis, is just to buy it based on a, on a high yield. Um, we're seeing a lot of that with the coal stocks at the moment. Mm. Whitehaven Coal is, you know, ex-dividend today, very large dividend. If you bought it yesterday and you get the dividend, you're still down on your investment. Mm. So I don't think it's entirely um, you know, justified to just look at the dividends, which I think is trapping a lot of people with mm. these coal stocks at the moment. Sure. Um, so I just think um, in, in the coal space, it's, it's quite strong because of the um, you know, sort of high quality um, mm -hmm. coal that it's providing to the rest of the world. And you know, steel is going to be a huge part yeah. of the energy transition. So um, yeah, we're, we're a fan. Um, you know, they've, they've sort of um, you know, outlined uh, a strong, strong steel demand, uh, demand from Japan, Korea, Europe and India. So you know, a little bit of diversification outside of China because who knows what they're going to do. Um, so yeah, I think it's okay. I'd, I'd look to hold it if you're, if you're after those dividends, but yeah, just be careful um, in having too many of these dividend coal stocks in your portfolio. Mm. Uh, you might get Value the- traps. Yeah, you may get the dividends, you may get the franking credits, but you've lost your capital in the meantime. Indeed. Grady. It's actually a buy at this rate, so I'm being extra bullish today. Um, we really like that the company has exposed, so it's one of the biggest uh, pure met coal yeah. producers. And so obviously into global markets, um, it's 16.3 million tonnes of coal a year. So again, that's a very big player. Mm. Um, but they also were in talks last year to with Peabody Energy to mm -hmm. go down the thermal coal route. Um, and so understanding that there's a separation diversification play, but they're going to do that alone now. So with that in mind, um, th those talks obviously mm. um, winded, wound down, uh, but they're going to do this alone. So to really make sure they're using the full scope of the coal that they're mining and producing and mm. um, getting that going as well, which is good. But with the outlook for steel set to come back up, obviously China's implemented some further strategies this week to reignite growth in the region. Um, we're still expecting a bit more material, uh, like actual quantitative support from the Chinese government. And as that starts to come out over the coming months, we're expecting steel demand to go up. Mm -hmm. um, in China, it's really interesting, the company, the uh, advisory bodies in the steel making um, industry actually said, told companies to stop 
producing steel and stopped buying mm. anything to do with steel because the prices there were so low. Mm. And so so that really hurts a company like Coronado Global Resources. But the outlook is so strong moving forward. China has a housing crisis. They have a building crisis, population crisis, all these crises left, right and mm. centre. So with that in mind, given that Coronado Global Resources is such a big provider of met coal to the world and that's the key element of steel, it just goes to show there is really strong outlook there for a company like this. Um, again, the company has inventory built up, which is expected to clear by September 2023. So that's not a material worry for any of uh, for anyone really. Um, and we also like the near-term production growth and strong free cash flow yield. Mm. So they're making money. They're um, they're paying money again back to div- back to investors through dividends. Um, but yeah, this is probably our pick of the bunch because if you look at the likes of uh, Yang Coal, Whitehaven Coal, Yang Coal, for example, I think it was twenty six percent yield. So, mm. um, but then if you look back a couple of years ago, it's way less than that. So it's so volatile on an earnings front. Mm. So if you if you are an income investor, you're not going to you need to look historically at dividends paid not just at a one-off payment Mm. um and so someone like coronado definitely is about returning money to investors and that's what a lot of people love to see Mm. especially in this current market environment so you have to buy at this level with a price target of two dollars okay yeah we actually spoke about yesterday on the coal the coal stocks we're talking whitehaven and Mm. new hope and just saying whitehaven's got the overhang of possibly wanting to go and buy bhp's coal assets yes whereas new hope Soul Pats will manage the you know the ongoing capital distributions etc. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's really interesting the way you have to look at these coal stocks because just clearly looking at the dividend as you were saying, mm. Josh and both you, Grady, mm. potentially sets you up for a value trap with capital erosion. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So no, coal's a really interesting one, and it was the sector to be in last year, it, so, wasn't it? Yeah, gosh, and uh, kind of the sector to be out of this year. So it just it's a really cyclical. Um, investment style and trend but yeah it's kind of like when tech goes up coal goes up but yeah it's just it's one of those ones that if you're in and at the right time well done yes absolutely you can make a lot of money yeah did you want to say no 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 i thought i'd just um yeah throw out some some buyers as well yeah so, absolutely uh, just to, just to, yeah i haven't given any guys the, Shall the I do, i'll do buys. a quick summary yeah, and then i thought we'd get maybe to the earnings yeah. season if you do yeah. want to throw yeah, out some buyers good. i think that's a fabulous <laughs> idea okay let's just uh, summarize the second five stocks of the call today so looking at ebos well really good quality company but the fact that they did lose that chemist warehouse contract makes uh, Grady quite concerned about the future earnings prospects. They have a sell on the stock because feel that the stock price doesn't actually reflect the full risks there. Um, Also the deceleration of antiviral sales and the 60 day dispensing which is coming in which will hurt margins. On the other side Josh has a hold on it. A really strong company feels that there is a long-term secular trend particularly in the chemist and the pet slash vet healthcare space. So a hold on that one. Looking at Linus Rare Earths. So we have a sell from Josh on this one. Uh, Just really costs moving up. It is making money, 
but at the moment there are just too many headwinds there for that one whereas Grady has a buy on that one just talking about the long-term potential for pricing to move up for the NDPR the rare earths as they go into the motors for electric vehicles and uh, the transition to Kalgoorlie is taking place as well as expanded production there and then looking at Regal Partners now moving to a fund manager so here fund managed fund has been coming in although Josh makes the point they've been net inflows but however in the private space which they operate private equity they've been fund outflows just feels that he'd prefer to be a stock picker rather than holding a fund manager uh, on the other hand Grady a buy recommendation with a $3.35 target positive inflows of fund it's making money and costs are coming down looking to horizon well being heavily impacted by not only not being able to capitalize on the coal profits of last year but also heavy weather impacts and having to divest some assets so a hold from both guests on that one and then looking to Coronado so Met Coal we have a hold from Josh on that one and basically saying it's high quality gives you exposure to steel ditto well we have a buy actually from Grady with a $2 price target uh, just saying that there is the potential for the steel market to perform over time and they will be clearing their inventory by September the 23rd September this year not the 23rd we are in 2023 okay let's maybe just um, since we've got a few minutes I thought we'd uh, I'd ask both of our guests about reporting season and since you brought it up Josh some buys so reporting season how did you find it and maybe some stocks you like yeah reporting season um, went well for us it, it, it finally um, you know really really showed some strong performance towards the middle and and back end, um, especially in those Aussie tech names. Um, I think uh, those Aussie tech names reported extremely well and the price action was was phenomenal in a time where the NASDAQ was largely mm. retracing. Mm. So I think that's um, you know a testament to some of the great companies that we've got here in the tech space on our market. Um, now that everything's settled down, we're, we're trying to, I guess, position ourselves again after the, the sort of craziness of reporting season. Um, and I think there's a few positions that we're fortunate enough to not be involved in, but now we do like them long term and, and they have pulled back a little bit. So um, look, Pilbara is, is a great company. Mm. We, we like obviously the space and you know everyone's talking about the EV. At least these guys are going to be paying dividends in the meantime, whilst you know the, the sort of recalibration happens in the lithium price, let's call it. So um, yeah, that ex-dividend's coming up, but uh, it has pulled back to a reasonable level. Um, Wise Tech is a great tech company. Mm. Um, um, you know, it's pulled back to a discount just on a slightly weaker year, but their outlook looks fine. Um, ResMed's in the same boat. Yes. Um, we're actually, I think if you look, uh, you know, look back of when you can get this on at these prices, everyone's yeah. been waiting for it to come down for so long. Now's your opportunity. Um, and then outside of that, we do have a fund manager that we actually like. Yeah. It's had those fund increases. Um, focuses on more on credit funds. Yeah. Um, so MAF Financial, yeah. um, MAF uh, ASX ticker code. Uh, that's one we really like too. 
Okay, fantastic. Would you like to comment, Grady, on reporting? Yeah, it's been a mixed bag, really. Um, we've had some surprises. We've had some expectations be reaffirmed. Um, travel stocks have definitely come under pressure over the last two days. I think Flight Centre and Rex are actually up today. They are probably a little bit oversold yesterday. The outlook is okay, but we've seen the valuations of travel stocks so high over the last year because there's this pent-up demand and travel demand has never been higher, really. But how do you sustain that moving forward? And um, obviously all the prices have gone up so you're paying a lot more for earnings and our earnings growth and outlook was not really provided so when there's no um, outlook and guidance provided that's kind of a a red flag warning flag. Um, Bellpot actually shifting to the staples space. Mm. Um, Bellpot increased the rating on Ingham's from a hold okay. to a buy because of the we're seeing a lot of their costs coming down. And again, in the ag space, costs and weather are two things you can't really control. Um, costs coming down, which is great for fertilizer and feed. Um, the roosters are back performing, so that's a great thing. And because um, they weren't in FY22, and so yeah, they're, they're looking to have really high volumes in FY22. Um, on the other hand, though, we have exposure to China is really hurting companies. So yeah. A2 Milk is another one we, re- we reiterated the hold rating on just because the outlook for China is still so unknown. Like we don't know tomorrow, the next day, week or month what they're going to do and how long it's going to take for a rebound in the region. So with that in mind, any company, what we've noticed is any company with exposure to China has seriously been hurt this reporting Mm -hmm. season. So um, yeah, it's definitely been a mixed bag, but it's actually a really exciting time. And any retailer, as I mentioned earlier, like City Chick or anyone who um, actually took on board the need to reduce inventory levels was really rewarded in um, this reporting season. So JB Mm. Hi-Fi was one I mentioned and Mm. they got their their inventory under control. Mm. So... Such yeah. a solid, solid performer, aren't they, so, JB? Oh, yeah. It's one stock that you just thought Amazon would kill yeah. when it came out. Yeah, but no. they've just, they're continuing to thrive and I love it. And so. they've had a change of CEO as yes, well. Exactly. And, yeah, so yeah. Many things. Yes, exactly. Long live JB. Indeed. Well, thank you so much, Grady, for Thanks coming. So much for thank you, me. Josh. Thanks. Lovely to have you both in the studio today. And any stocks you'd like us to cover, go to osbiz.co forward slash callpicks or tweet us at osbiztv. Well, that's it for the call today. And there's a break coming up, but don't go away because The Pulse with Andrew Gagan will be on just after the break. <laughs> 